1: Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.
2: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan.
3: Welcome to the following on podcast back in South London, this time Sunny Ballam, gateway to the south. It's myself and uh, an old friend looking back at the season that was 2019 for Surrey. Not so good for England. Well, pretty damn special. A little look ahead to the uh, winter in South Africa in New Zealand. We're going to look at some of the uh, players that may not be household names now, but certainly will be in the next couple of months. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. and back with me, old mucker Gareth Batty and uh, please say that we've, uh, we've had a bit of a gossip I'm just going to pull this chair up next to you Bats. we're back in the house and the building work seems to have uh, finished the last time I was here a few months ago at the start of what turned out to be an incredible season um, you'd only just uh, you were kind of finishing the renovations here but it's all sorted Neil Manthorpe was a guest at the start of the summer I think he'd like to come back
4: yeah, we're almost there. We've still got a few bits of uh, building materials around the corner in the garden and uh, we've got a new friend here Um Who's, uh, who's joining the family, Peter the Mouse, who popped in the other day through the through the double doors when the little one was playing. So uh, we've still got some uh, some work to be done, but it's, uh, it was great to have Manus here. He uh, brought a couple of treats, some little uh, chocolate selections, and the odd uh, glass of wine was uh, very South African.
3: Yeah, well, we will be... Uh, well, talking about South African wine, we'll all be reunited in a couple of months, and TalkSport, of course, goes back on tour. You need to get the Surrey Fox here. That'll get rid of your mouse problem. <laughs> um, let's talk about Surrey. We literally haven't seen each other. I mean, it's such a crazy, crazy schedule. The fact that England uh, are going to introduce the 100 next year as well uh, to this already cluttered uh, calendar is uh, a topic that we will uh, discuss in the next 12 months or so. But, you know, um, first things first, let's talk Surrey. Not the season we were expecting. I think we were uh, alongside each other at the Oval for the press day. That must have been in April or May. I can't quite remember. It would have been April you know, championship title in the bag and it was a question about how can Surrey move forward and and, it, and perhaps go one better than what uh, they achieved in 2018 and it didn't go that way at all. I mean, the season's now
4: over, a chance to look back. Where do you feel um, it went wrong, really? Um, I think first and foremost, we have to acknowledge that it has been a very, very poor season for Surrey across all formats of the game. Um, we can't hide from that. We set very high standards um, you know, we want to be the, the team drive, driving um, sorry, driving uh, cricket forward, not fighting out uh, relegation or, or, or missing out on, on quarterfinals and semis and so on and so forth. So that's something that um, hurts and we've got it wrong. Championship stuff, um, it's difficult to, to go back to back. We knew that and we fell badly. Um, the reasons for it, um, we didn't score enough runs, I think was pretty evident when we play on a pitch that's pretty good generally but it's just started to offer a little bit more to the fast bowlers um, and then possibly to look at the other end with the, with the fast bowlers and say well some of the numbers would be, would be relatively okay with them but they maybe should have been a little bit better uh, because of the surfaces and the overhead conditions that we had so to sum, to sum it all up, the, the batters didn't quite get enough runs and the bowlers didn't quite um, get enough wickets to sort of make it easier for each other to complement each other. So it's not a batter-bowler thing, it's just a straightforward. If the bowlers would have bowled fractionally better and just held the economy, held the game to take wickets at a better rate, it maybe would have afforded the batters a bit more time and get them on a, in a better position. Uh, within the game to to go out and perform um, and flip it around. Same principle. If you're batting first, you get a decent score. It makes it easier for the bowlers. So it's nobody to blame. It's everybody to blame. Um, and it's something we're looking at. Um, one day cricket again. I, unfortunately, we were we were very poor. My personal take is that um, we could have been a little bit more uh, progressive as opposed to um, just sort of seeing where it goes. I think we could have maybe planned a little bit. Um, a bit more about how we're going to move the game
3: forward. How did you manage without Rory Burns as well? I mean, he was playing for England for most of the summer. He was obviously a loss. Um, you know, Surrey are used to losing players to go to England duty. And I'm sure you all celebrated his successes playing for England. But, you know, when you lose a captain, that's, that's quite tough, isn't it?
4: Yes. Um, and is your captain, is your leader, is your opening batsman. Um, in the four-day stuff, he's, a, he's our main cog in the wheel. And before this season started, you know, the, the great players of morning, Morkel or, or the bigger names maybe, maybe Sean a bit more than Rory. But uh, it's been very evident that when he's not been around, we are, uh, we are very much a lesser team. Um, and that's, uh, that's great credit to him. Um, about how he leads the group but also how his cricket skills so batting up front sets it up for us um, we did have him for you know the, a good part of the start of the season so that's not a, a full excuse for us we can't just lean on that Until we didn't have Rory we didn't have Jason we didn't have the Currens all the time these are all factors but they're not they're not the reason why we find ourselves as we as we do. I don't believe, um, and obviously Popey got injured. I mean, the key key young players and solid uh, players within our group, but um, we have enough, and we have a big enough squad to be able to um, to shape that and and do better than we did. Um, but uh, no, Roy's had a wonderful year. He has indeed, and it's going to get even better. You're off to, to his wedding at the weekend.
3: Um, and there's also positive news for for Surrey. Ollie Pope, who, of course, as you mentioned, started the season with that horrible injury. Um, and there's no doubt in, it, in either of our minds that if he had played a full season, then Surrey's fortunes would have been certainly improved, but called up to the England squad for the tour of New Zealand. And another opportunity for a guy that I think most people feel uh, oozes quality, um, and if it
4: goes well for him, he could be a... Well, we won't be seeing him play for Surrey for much much longer, hopefully. No, he's a, he's a smashing talent. He really is. Um, he's still very, very young in cricket in years. But um, you see how he moves forward, uh, developing his game. Uh, most people would have got that injury at the start of the year, being told they're going to be out for three months and sat back and had packets of crisps and chocolate and all that lot. He didn't. He, he was allowed to go in the gym from his waist down and work. And he did. He's come back stronger, fitter. It's making him a better player because he, get, he can get in lower, powerful positions uh, when he's batting and fielding. Um, he's just going from strength to strength. And when he came back, um, he got the big double hundred. Um, he came back during 2020 cricket, having played no cricket uh, for three months. And to come into 2020 cricket without any any playing behind you is so difficult to go in and just say, right, I'm going to hit fours and sixes and not get out. Oh, and he came and it looked like he He'd only been off for a week. It was phenomenal how he seamlessly moves in and, and gets his skills um, used properly in the game. He's just a wonderful talent, and um, like he's somebody we, you know, we've just got to let fly. I don't think we're going to see much of him at all in Siri colours. Um, our loss will be will be England's gain, and um, it will be a gain for a very long period of time, I believe. And what about yourself then? Have we got an exclusive here? The retirement
3: of Gareth Batty? Are we going to see you? uh, Well, you bowled quite a few overs in 2019, more than
4: you did in the Whites in 2018. What about 2020? Uh, No, it looks like um, for those uh, for those doubters out there, I'm still going to be I'm still going to be propelling. Um, as a player, but it will move, um, uh, you know, the coaching will become more and more, but um, it went, um, it went okay personally and it it sort of proved that the body can still do it to an extent. Um, So no, the boss uh, still wants me to play next year, Um, but obviously with very much an eye on as and when I'm not playing. Um, So the start of the season, hopefully if everybody comes back fit and raring to go, I wouldn't be playing Um, and maybe I'll run the second team and hopefully, uh, not have uh, the potential pitfalls that we found ourselves this year. When people left, we'd have people ready and, and raring to go and understanding what they're going to have to do in the first team. And uh, yeah, something very excited for me personally moving on, but uh, more importantly, hopefully it will it will serve the club well. And you mentioned the boss, the gaffer, Alec
3: Stewart, not going to take, be taking over England. That's a decision that's been made. Uh, and that I mean, that's just a, an absolute... You talk about losing players for England. Um, keeping him at Surrey, where he should be, I think. Um, that's another... It just means that when Surrey start the season next year, they've got you, they've got Rory back, they've got Alec, and, you know, a club county the size of Surrey are always going to be up there. But it just means that there's going to be that uh, that bedrock, that base to, to kick on, really.
4: Yeah, look, it's... Um, this is no disrespect to any of the cricket managers around the country, but Alec is the best in my eyes, hence why England have come calling. Um, it was his personal decisions and that's for him to talk about uh, the intricacies of, uh, of the decision but uh, wow, from a Surrey point of view uh, cricket around Surrey point of view we are the luckiest uh, county in the world at the minute it's, um, it's a very good thing for us um, and it gives us a real stable base to work from and, and, um, and kick on next year I'll
0: Hold that please, level 5, thank you Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bingus of the bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that
1: sounds important. Does work Chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
3: change tack the tours for New Zealand have been announced we mentioned Ollie Pope he's part of it but from a from a player's perspective um, give us your insight Lights of Dominic Sibley of course started out at Surrey Zach Crawley as well um, uh, Matt Parkinson and Saqib Mah- Mahmood uh, give us a, a bit of an idea of what it's like to face to bowl bat against or, or whatever really what, do they, what's, uh, what are you expecting from those players
4: Uh, I think let's start with the red ball stuff because that comes first. Uh, Crawley um, played a bit against him at Kent. Big tall guy. He's a wonderful player, actually. Uh, As as young players go, I was very impressed with him. Um, We had Morning Morco at the start of the season at Beckenham charging in. And there's a bit of a ridge at Beckenham, so it goes through quite nicely. So it's bouncing around sort of throat height. And he stood up and played very nicely. Prepared to to play a pull shot which the big guys are not always that good at. They're not always adept on the back foot because they don't get much on the back foot, particularly when they're rising through the ranks as young men. Uh, he's powerful. He comes at you. He wants to hit the ball hard. Uh, so when you come full, he's drilling it straight down the ground in that V that we talk about, extra cover and and sort of wide mid-on. Um he, um, he's a pretty all-round cricketer for me. Um, he's a more of a modern cricketer compared to a Sibley, which we'll move on to. So he's wanting to keep the scoreboard ticking. He's not a striker at, at 50 and face 200 balls for his 100. He wants to come at you a little bit and put you under pressure. Technically, I think pretty sound. Don't... His average isn't record-breaking, it seems, but he seems to be a potential player rather
3: than someone who's churned out... You know, three or four seasons he's old enough to, of course, you know, gone hundred thousand runs four years in a row. He's not averaging over 40, but there seems to be something about him that people have identified within the game as uh, talent.
4: Yeah, I think we look at the surfaces that he's played on. Kent in the last two years have played on some, uh, some farmers' fields. You know, it's been tough for batting. The grass has been very long, green, lush, and they've had very fine overseas bowlers. Uh, the New Zealand fellow Mills has, uh, has been there at Milne. Um, has been there, and you know the, the bowlers have taken wickets and lots of them. So batting, your averages are going to come down on the back of that. Um, I think had he played on better surfaces, you would definitely see him averaging forty. He has a game for that. He's not um, he's not giving the bowler lots of different dismissals. He shuts down bowled and lb to an extent. Um, so you're basically saying you're going to get him caught in the slips, which is obvious. You know your better players. That's that's basically the way that you get them out. Um, so he has a decent all-round game, I believe. Um, Dominic Sibley is kind of, a bit taller um, and a bit more robust than Rory Burns, but he's almost a right-hand version of Rory Burns without the idiosyncrasies of the backlift and, and the way he moves uh, around the crease. By that, what I mean is um, he will look to score from extra cover around through onto the leg side. So he's saying to the bowlers, as did Steve Smith this summer, mm. come to me, come to me, or you can bowl outside my line at fourth and fifth off stump and I don't have to play at the ball. I will dictate uh, when and where I score to an extent. Um, So that, for me, translates into big runs in four-day cricket. Jonathan Trott did it brilliantly. Cook did it. All these guys that consistently score runs in in one domestic cricket, which is all you can do first, and then it gives you a chance, I believe, that when you go for higher honours, you're a better chance um, of scoring big runs because you'll be able to face more balls. You're giving the bowlers less opportunity to get you out. Could you see Sibley playing at three? I could. Personally, I would be looking at Burns and Sibley. One, they've done it before. Two, I think stick with the young fella batting where he's batted all of his career pretty much. Um, And I think Denley has has batted at three arguably for the last eight eight years or so at at Kent. So I don't think you're messing Denley around. I think you're saying we're giving these two guys up top. Obviously, Burns has given himself a lot of test matches uh, in, in credit for me. Obviously, I'm biased. But you're basically saying to Sibley, we need to build something here. You're going to get some credits in the bank here. You're certainly going to play all winter. And you're saying to Denley, we want Joe, to move down to, uh, Joe Root to move down to four because he's our best player and we want him to be the most comfortable. You're our man for three. I I think now you, it's a clean slate and you move forward with that. And I think, hopefully, everybody's very happy. Do you think that England were right to drop Johnny Bairstow? Oh, tough one for me. Um, I think Johnny's done some wonderful things for England. Um, yes, he's had a difficult summer, and and that is in, in the red ball cricket. Is that a hangover from the World Cup? There's a pretty good chance that is. The unfortunate thing for Johnny is that professional sport, you live and die by your performance, and unfortunately his performance uh, wasn't as uh, the selectors saw fit, and uh, he's the one that misses. I certainly don't think that's the end of Johnny Besto by any means. Um, we saw in Sri Lanka, um, live on TalkSport, that... Um, if he's got the bit between his teeth, watch out. He's coming to get you as an opposition player. So um, let's hope that this time to recharge his batteries um, is, uh, is used wisely and that he comes back bigger and better for England. OK, so let's look at a couple of the players that have been picked up for the, uh, the white ball stuff. Parkinson and uh, also Mahmood. Uh, have you faced them much? Uh, only a little bit. Uh, two or three balls of Mahmood. Um, but to, to succinctly say how he goes about his business, he's a little bit shorter um, than the big tall guys that blow your feet off in white ball cricket, um, which sometimes can be a real positive that he can get it under the bat. And he definitely reverse uh, swings it to an extent. He's got that slingier sort of uh, arm action like our very own Darren Goff. He can drop his arm fractionally to get that reverse swing going. Um That's him at the death. Actually, his main asset, from what I can see from afar, certainly in the last couple of years, he gets early wickets in white ball cricket, which we know stats tell us, and Jarrod would be telling us, that... You're going to win more. It's something like 70% of games are won when you can get them two or three down in the power play. He has that knack for Lancashire of taking wickets early on. Um, and maybe that is because he, he's brisky, he sort of that late 80s. Maybe it's because he's just skipping it on to the batters. Now, he's going to find that challenge now of moving into international cricket. Uh, and what Goff has spoken about, the shorter guys, it's harder if you bowl faster because the wickets are generally better international cricket. The players are that much more adept to facing the pace. They don't need to move the feet the same. They just stand and hit the ball. So he's going to have to find out what his international length may be. He may have to pull it back a little bit, or he may just go about his business as 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 he does um, and, and cleans up for England. Let's hope. Um, but he's certainly a, a huge talent. The only question mark is he's had a few injuries. So that's an ongoing management from a, a medical perspective, from an England perspective, that um, the, the big fast bowlers now keep breaking down. And we saw with always Stone this summer, in and out because of injury. Uh, we hope that that doesn't happen with Mahmood. Moving on to Parkinson, leg spinner. I wouldn't say a traditional leg spinner. Um, he's he's uh, more of an ungamely action. He's certainly not a classical shame-worn action. Is a bit more. He's in between, sort of Shane Warne and and possibly Adams, Paul Adams' left arm. But that sort of interesting action where there's a bit more arms and legs. Um, for me, it goes up out of the hand, uh, which means he'll spin it, which means he'll get reasonable shape through the air. But for me, I think for him to really make it work internationally, his stock ball has to be a strong ball. So everybody will talk about pace and flight and all this lot. I believe that's all nonsense. I think if you bowl a strong ball, it doesn't matter what pace you bowl, because it will be your pace and it will mean that your action is strong and it's giving yourself the best chance to get the ultimate amount of revs, which then will mean that you'll curve the ball, drop the ball and all these other things that follow on. Um, So that is going to be his challenge. We saw when he came up against um, a southern group where we had a Bopara and a tender starter, played cricket all around the world. As soon as he went full, they banged him out of the ground because it was just not a strong ball. It's not the pace, it's just not a strong ball. You can't put it underneath the feet of the batsman. So that's going to be a challenge for him. But make no mistake, he's had a brilliant two years at Lancashire. He's a, he's a guy moving forward. Um, he hasn't played a lot of first-class cricket, which will not help him from the, from getting a stronger action. The more you ball, the stronger generally your action will get. But uh, it's exciting that we've got a, a leg spinner coming through that's performing on the county stage in white ball cricket, definitely. Uh, and we need to nurture that. Don't expect him to come in and be Shane worn right now. He's got a lot of, uh, of, of, of work to be done, but um, it's certainly very exciting.
3: Um, and Tom Banton, uh, young player of the year as well. He seems to be someone that people are getting
4: very excited about. Save the best to last. I mean, this fellow, poor, we played against him in a, in a couple of one-day games in 2020s. If you said he moved like KP, you wouldn't be a million miles away. And if you're going to end up playing like, you know, and trying to emulate how a a recent English player has gone about his business, you're not going to be a million miles away. I mean, this fella uh, was reverse sweeping hour blokes bowling at 90 miles an hour over a short third man in a 2020 game in the first six or seven balls. So the ball is still rocket hard. So if you get hit, it's cleaning you out. And this fella, it's his go-to. He's just... Reverse sweep, gone, four, six, whatever. You go short, he bangs you over deep mid-wicket. He has an answer. So if he's going to score in a pocket on the leg side, he'll have an answer where he's going to score on the offside, which is modern day cricket, let's be honest. You can't have a fielder everywhere. Uh, recognition, young player of the year, say no more. Um, he really has gone from strength to strength. Keeps wicked as well. Let's not forget that. Um, I don't know much about his keeping, but he's, he's managed to keep Stephen Davis out uh, of the Somerset team for a while, who we know is a very silky gloveman and a silky player. So straight away, you know, this kid's got something. Um, and you don't get young player of the year piece here for nothing. Uh, the, the, the list is very long and distinguished. Uh, the people that have got that award. Um, I, for one, am extremely excited that I could be losing my voice watching him play this winter because I think this kid is absolute dynamite. I really do.
3: Brilliant stuff. World T20 next year as well. It's going to be some fight to get into that England squad. And it's uh, with Owen Morgan captaining it as well. So England are going to go there, hopeful of uh, of doing what they did in 2010. Um, before we finish uh, the show, give us an idea about what it was like following England's fortunes. I mean, a World Cup win and uh, a drawn series with Australia. I think a fair result, really. Uh, they retain it. So that's disappointing. But... When you consider the brilliance of Steve Smith and the fact that uh, Jimmy Anderson hobbled out after just four overs, fair enough, I think. Look at that bedrock of that side. They played in the World Cup. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think that you can... I don't think it's possible for the World Cup not to have had an effect on the likes of Bairstow and Wokes and Butler and Stokes, not that Stokes showed it, uh, and Joe Root and the like. But, you know, that's Stokes' innings for one. Um, your thoughts from afar of what he achieved at Headingley, Joffre Archer, the emergence of him,
4: um, and England holding aloft the World Cup trophy. It's been qu- quite a year for, uh, for English cricket. It really has. I mean, starting from sort of four years ago and watching how the ODI team has evolved uh, under Owen Morgan. I know it was mentioned in the winter and I banged on about it, him being the, the best captain that England ever had. I think I, I still stand by that um, because it, it's the four-year journey and it's, it's the hardest thing to win knockout games. You can win test series because you can afford to lose a crucial game because you've still got another game to come at times. Whereas this was, you know, knockout cricket... Um, at its best, the way that they play—it's it's the way that they've gone about playing. Whoa. I'm, I'm England super fan at the minute. I love it, um, and I'm very lucky that I get to speak about it sometimes with you guys on the radio. I, I, I just think England have been fantastic. Great ambassadors for the game, the way they went about after the lord 's celebrations and and how they were trying to sort of show the cup around to kids the very next day and and just trying to connect with the public, uh, which they did you know we 've not had very many ODI England teams that have connected with the cricket in well the public in general. this team was almost like you know we 've won the ashes sort of a, uh, a sort of celebration which I think is just down to the way that they play uh, i 've had people that Friends that um, don't even like cricket going, oh, boy, did you watch the game the other day? And I'm well, of course I did. Obviously most of the world did, um, you know, they, they loved watching and, and they have some kind, they feel like they can, they've got an affinity with each player. You know, they, there's somebody within that team that they like and, and you know, they're all equally as brilliant as each other. And then to back it up, the test series, I really do. I think it was a brilliant series to all probably a fair reflection on how both teams went Um I think England certainly did not disgrace themselves. I thought they were great at times and I thought Australia were great at times. It's not a question of one team being rubbish and the other, it's about one guy within each team has has, has had a huge impact. And I remember Broad saying at the start of the series, some of the guys have been involved in the World Cup and me and Jimmy are going to make a huge effort uh, to take a bit away from those guys and we're going to front up. Broad did, unfortunately, Jimmy got injured. So had those two have been leading us, maybe it would have been a different story. But that's all, that's all pie in the sky. That's all done with. Um, hopefully we welcome Jimmy back at some point in the winter um, when, it, when he's fit. Um, but um, no, what a summer of cricket. It's been phenomenal. I mean, even when you, you bring it down to County Championship going to the last day and 2020 stuff, everything about cricket this year has been absolutely brilliant. And I think Owen Morgan was the chap that started that four years ago. And there's an awful lot of people on the way that have made it extremely exciting for everybody that's watched it all year. And uh, long may it continue. Absolutely. Well, uh,
3: we're going to be uh, set to watch some pretty exhilarating cricket ourselves at the end of the year. Jofra Archer steaming in um, against uh, some of those South African batsmen with a full capacity crowd at Cape Town. Um, that sets the pulses rating. And then, of course, 2020, the year of, with the World T20, a trip to India and, of course, uh, the 100, whatever happens with that and there's going to be plenty of cricket and I'm glad to say that you're going to be alongside me to talk about much of it but um, mate well I'll see you you next week hopefully Jared's off in South Africa so we'll be reunited and we'll uh, look ahead to to more of that New Zealand talk because I'm going to be off very shortly off to New Zealand, and the following on podcast will continue throughout New Zealand, South Africa, Sri Lanka, and then throughout 2020 as well. But thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe and review us on iTunes or ACAST. This has been the following on podcast from Talksport.